श्री गुरु वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जय ग्रंथराज भागवतम की जय गुरु प्रेमंदी So we're continuing our discussion in Srimad Bhagavatam, first canto, chapter 5. In this chapter, Narada is instructing <clears throat> Vyasa on the importance of what really is the essence of Srimad Bhagavatam. And um, he does so directly and indirectly by contrasting bhakti with jnana and karma, <clears throat> and particularly with jnana and Vyasa's, what uh, would have thought to have been his self-satisfied state in which he found himself not satisfied and perplexed thereby. So Nard appears on the scene to give him the solution. <clears throat> from the depths of his despondency and explain them and then encourage him with a solution to the problem. And the solution, of course, is bhakti. So, Sutta has introduced this, set the scene here and then uh, Narada has spoken chided Vyas in a way somewhat similar to the way Krishna chided Arjuna in Bhagavad Gita and uh, Vyas replied and with great respect and Nard is going to now begin his answer we'll go over a couple of verses tonight verses 8 and 9 Sri Narada Uvacha Narada said Bhavatanurita prayam yasho bhagavato malam yenaivaso natusheta manyeta darshanam kilam yatha dharma dayas charta muni varyanu kirtitaha natata vasudevasya mohima hi anuvarnita. So Nard said that here's the problem. He goes right to the center of the issue and says that practically speaking, Babata Anudita Prayam. Practically speaking, for the most part, you have not Yashou Bhagavato Malam. You have not glorified Bhagavan. You have not spoken about the Jasha, the, the glories, the fame the, uh, of uh, 
the Bhagawan who is Amala, spotless. This is a clear reference to Krishna, given the context. In verse 9, Krishna's name is mentioned, of course, Vasudevasya. So we can draw from that, but also from the word Amala here, Bhagavato Amalu. Hmm? Amala means spotless. And there's not that much reason to describe Narayan as spotless because there's nothing that he does that might lead you to believe that he might have spots on him. <laughs> there might be some spot in his character. Hmm? Whereas the person of Krishna is very difficult uh, to understand. Hmm? In other words, Narayan is four-armed and obviously God. Hmm? Krishna is so human-like that uh, he could be misconstrued to be a human. Hmm? Indeed, so human-like that he is fallen, he is God, if you will, fallen in love. Love is a fallen condition, in a sense. So he loses himself, it's God losing himself, to bhakti. This is Krishna. And so his character may come into question in the eyes of those who, whose, whose eyes have not been anointed with the salve of love. Premanjana Churita Bhakti Vilochanena Sandasare Bharudai Shuvilokayanti Yam Shama Sundaram Achintyaguna Swarupam Ovindamari Purusham Tamaham Bhajami He has uh, inconceivable qualities. Achintyaguna Swarupam, his nature is full of inconceivable qualities. Sham Sundar, very name, Sham Sundar. He's black and he's beautiful at the same time. <laughs> uh, he could be a black could mean a bad guy, <laughs> black hats, something like that. <clears throat> and I don't mean it in a racial context, obviously, but uh, uh, he's beautiful. He's like a like a gem that's dark, like a sapphire, but but gives a great sheds light, gives an effulgence. And he can be understood, this Shamsundra, this Krishna, and his inconceivable qualities by one whose eyes have been tinged with the sand of love. So those who don't have bhakti in their eyes, hmm? bhakti in their heart, who don't see with the heart of bhakti, easy to misunderstand Krishna. So Bhagavato Amalu, he is the spotless Bhagavan. Hmm? He may appear to have spots, but he doesn't, and you have not sufficiently spoken about him. So, implication is, even where you have spoken about him, it's possible he could be misunderstood. And there are places in the sacred texts, uh, edited by, compiled by, by, by Vyas, that Krishna has been mentioned. In fact, in some detail, we find in Harivams Purana, in the Padma Purana, Many details about Krishna's pastimes, leelas and so forth, are presented details indeed that we don't find even in Srimad Bhagavatam. We can go to the Padma Purana and, and Harivamsa Purana to find some details to, to fill in in that regard uh, the description of the pastimes of Krishna given in Bhagavatam, the tenth canto, which is the smiling face of the body of the Bhagavatam wherein the entirety of Krishna's leela, a beautiful overview, is given. 
So, then, what is the what is the point here if he has described Krishna even in some greater detail his pastimes hmm? in such Puranas? Then, what is his fault? Hmm? The fault is that, yes, the pastimes have been described there. Some detail has been given. Names of different participants, for example, have been given. Some details about the the, the Leela have been given. But the very spirit of the Leela is not given there. Hmm? Vishnu Purana, for example, this is the main book of the, of the Sri Sampradaya. Sri Sampradaya's theology, philosophy, Vishishta Dvaita, its form of Advaita, Vishishta Dvaita, a nuanced form of Advaita. Hmm? This is the Vaishnava philosophy, and uh, it is its main book. The Vishishta Dvaita Vedanta was um, articulated by Ramanuja, and the, the main book of Ramanuja in the Sri Sampradaya is the Padma Purana. Padma Purana is a sattvic Purana. And so Krishna's pastimes, as I mentioned, are beautifully described there, even, as I say, with more detail than you'll find in the Bhagavatam. Hmm? But the Ramanuja Sampradaya is centered on moksha. Hmm? Bhagavatam has no interest in moksha. Rasamalayam, pivata bhagavatam, rasamalayam. It is. It says, "Pibata Bhagavatam Rasamalayam." Relish Pibata Bhagavatam. This Bhagavatam, which is Rasa, hmm? Alayam. It is not about Laya, about liberation, hmm? or it is about a condition beyond liberation. Laya also means to faint. So it is about the bhava, Satvika bhavas, this kind of thing, which is not. Uh, which is which is the kind of thing that goes beyond the liberation, for example, uh, that is emphasized in the sutras and throughout. Hmm? It is said by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Shrotam apiyopanishadam duve harikatamrita. The idea of liberation mentioned in, in Bhagavatam, or in the sutras, and Upanishads, the uh, aphorisms with a focus on liberation, you cannot get the kind of ecstasy from them that you can get from Harikata. So some Harikata is there, of course, in Padma Purana, but nonetheless the focus is on moksha. Now this is a devotional type of moksha, of course, but this devotional type of moksha, as well as an impersonal type of moksha liberation, are are dismissed in Bhagavatam. So Pibhata Bhagavatam Rasam Alayam, it has nothing to do with liberation. Hmm? Liberation is a byproduct of the focus of the Bhagavatam, which is prem. Therefore, the very characteristics of, of, of bhakti, and this is, of course, where the Bhagavatam excels. Yes, some details about Krishna's pastimes are found elsewhere, but the spirit of those pastimes, the nature, the ontological position of bhakti, this is not brought out. Hmm? in any detail in Padma Purana or Haribam's Purana. Some details about the pastimes are given in the context of speaking about Krishna as, as a manifestation of divinity upon hearing about whom one can get and chanting about whom so forth. One can get liberation. One can get Salokya, Sarsti, Samitya, Sarupya. 
Salakamit, to go and live in Vaikuntha on the same planet as the Lord, to have the similar charsti opulence as the Lord, to have the same, uh, to live in, as a personal assistant of the Lord, Samipya, Salakishasti, Samipya, Sarupya, to have a form like that of the Lord. So this is, a, this is mentioned by Kapila Muni to his mother Devahuti in third canto of Bhagavatam. What is the verse? Salokishasti samipya sarupyai kanti apyuta diyamanam chagunati pinamat sevanam jana. These attainments, certain, these types of devotional mukti, he said devotees are not interested. <laughs> So there's some kind of devotees that are, but not the kind of devotees that Srimad Bhagavatam is speaking about. Srimad Bhagavatam is ultimately, it speaks about those type of devotees too, but by way of contrasting the kind of devotees that Krishna is surrounded by. Prema Madhurya. When it's said that Krishna's quality is prema, one of his qualities, Prema Madhurya, one of the four qualities that Narayan doesn't possess, Venu Madhurya, um, Rupa Madhurya, <coughs> Uh, Lila, hmm? Lila? Lila Madhurya and Prema Madhurya means sweet Madhurya means sweet so he has a sweet flute Ryan doesn't carry a flute hmm? he has sweet um, pastimes very charming hmm? he has sweet form means two-handed form human-like and he has sweet love Madhurya intimate love hmm? It's, I mean, that love is personified in his devotees, so he's surrounded by a certain type of devotee. These types of devotees, they are not interested in any type of liberation. Hmm? Hmm? So, Padma Purana is focused on, on, on devotion and on devotional liberation. It's not focused on Goloka Vrindavan. It's not focused on the Brajalila. It speaks about the Brajalila as it's manifest on earth, even mentions different gopis' names and so forth that aren't mentioned in the, in the uh, Bhagavatam. Someone may think, oh, we need to go to the Padma Purana to fill in here. There's more, there's more nectar. There's more nectar in the, in the, in the, uh, in the Padma Purana. <clears throat> those, that is, those who say that think the nectar is to find out this detail or that detail. Hmm? The, the nectar is beyond the details. Actually, this is the message of the Bhagavatam. <laughs> it's beyond that. It wants to speak about the very spirit of bhakti, the ontological position of bhakti. Bhakti as swarup shakti ananda. Hmm? That exceeds the ananda of the, of the swarup of Bhagwan. Hmm? And therefore has the capacity to, to conquer him completely, captivate him. Hmm? I think you're reading about, hearing from Prabhu Prabhu about Sandrananda. And next comes, what is the last one? Sri Krishna Akarshani. These two are very closely related. These characteristics of bhakti manifest in Prem, in Prem Bhakti. Bhagavatam is all about this Prem Bhakti. Of course, it's about Sadhana Bhakti, Bhava Bhakti, but in a way to lead to Prem Bhakti. There can be a sadhana bhakti that leads to mukti. Or the prema of Vaikuntha, the bhava of Vaikuntha, the prema of Vaikuntha. But Jiva Goswami, Rupa Goswami, they, they acknowledge there is prema, there is bhava in vaiti bhakti, in reverential love. But those who desire it, who pursue it, who 
glorify it, who have formed a sampradaya around its pursuance, tend not to refer to that state as prem. They refer to it as mukti, moksha. Hmm? So prem is more a Gaudiya word. They've kind of, kind of um, put a monopoly on, on this, this word and, they, and it, it applies so much more readily to Bhagavan Sri Krishna's pastimes where the full face of love is manifest. Not just reverential love, but love and intimacy, mad prema madurja. Hmm? So this is the subject of Srimad Bhagavatam. Hmm? Krishna conquered by love. Hmm? Um, it is showcasing the Srup Shakti Ananda of Bhagavan. It is, it is explaining the ontological position of bhakti. Bhakti taking precedence over Bhagavan. Hmm? As I've often said, every religion speaks about the idea that God is the most worshipable object and we speak about what? The worshipable object of God. That is the Bhagavatam's <laughs> idea. That is bhakti. And of course personified as bhakti devi or mahabhava swarupini. Sirada, the very personification of the highest love. Hmm? So Krishna is, is, is full. He has ananda in him, ladini. But when it manifests outside of him, then he can taste it more. This is Radha Krishna. Of course, not something that happens, something that happens in time, but we're limited by words to speak about it. And so this Radha, the, the Swayam Shakti, presides over all the Shakti Tattva, in a sense, and is the personification of Ladini Shakti. This is a crucial, vital, essential element of Bhakti, all three, Sandini, Sambit, Ladini, the Sarup Shakti. So, when when these when 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 under the influence of this Shakti, we can influence Bhagwan. We're like a drop. Krishna's like the ocean. Radha's like the channel. Hmm? This Bhakti is like the channel hmm? that connects the drop with the ocean. Hmm? So this is this this is the subject of Srimad Bhagavatam. Sometimes it is said that when questioned why the different names of the different gopis aren't mentioned in the Rasalila, the answer is given, Sukadev didn't have time for that. Hmm? Those details. He was tasting the, uh, tasting the, uh, the, 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 the bhava, the rasa of the Rasalila, absorbed in that, the spirit of it. So this is the excellence of Srimad Bhagavatam. Hmm? So, uh, he didn't speak uh, sufficiently, practically speaking, he may object. Hmm? But I spoke the Padma Tanarda. I wrote the Padma Purana, Hari Vams Purana. In other places, I've said that bhakti is superior to mukti. I wrote it in the Gita. Hmm? Uh, what is that verse? Um, Nasuchati Nakankati. How's that start? Mad Bhaktim Labhate Param Prashanatma. Brahmabhuta. That's the word we can forget about. Brahmabhuta. <laughs> this is the lesson. It is Prasanatma. It means self-realization. It is, it is joyful. It is, it is Prasanatma. It's, 
it is uh, satisfying to the self. It causes one to be naso chitinakankshiti, free from the hankering and lamentation that material life is characterized by. We, we hanker for something, we get it, and by the force of the nature of the world, we lose it and we lament. Hmm? So this hankering and lamentation, that's gone. That's a kind of bliss. Hmm? <laughs> the absence of hankering and, and lamentation. Hmm? But the Gita says, and Vyas wrote it, that Brahmabhuta prasannatma naso chitinakakshit samasarveshu bhuteshu madbhaktim labhate param. He sees people equally, samasarveshu bhuteshu, and he goes to bhakti. Hmm? So it, it's saying that bhakti is a post-liberated condition. Beyond hankering and lamentation, beyond seeing people equally, you start to see with a bias, hmm? <laughs> a transcendental bias towards Krishna and towards his devotees. Hmm? So I have written about these things. How have I not written enough about, uh, about, about bhakti? How have I not sufficiently glorified uh, Krishna's pastimes. So we can understand something from this. What is the nature of Srimabhagatam? What, what did Nard have in mind? Nard is characteristically kind of a simple preacher. Hmm? We, do, <laughs> we don't find him giving you know, really technical uh, uh, philosophy and theology. He's not a theologian so much, Nard. After all, he was the son of a maidservant. <laughs> he, 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 he studied in an essential way. He heard for four months from the devotees. Basically, they had, he had their association. They recited the Bhagavatam in his mother's house where they stayed for four months during the rainy season. He was young. What can a young boy understand? He had good qualities. They're described, in, will be described here. Uh, in his own description of his life. You see, he, he was very simple. Hmm? Not a big theologian. Yes, he's written Nard Pancharatra and Bhakti, Nard Bhakti Sutras, but they're very simple, really. Hmm? So he's very straightforward. He's playing his veena, he's chanting, and he, and he, he says, you've got to come out and glorify Krishna more. Hmm? <laughs> you, have to, you have to speak about Bhakti in, 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 in no uncertain terms. Yes, you said something about bhakti here and there, but I consider that to have practically said nothing. Hmm? You've practically you've practically ignored it. Hmm? And uh, And what have you occupied yourself with? This other Vedanta darshan. Hmm? And I say, manye tad darshanam kilam. My opinion, manye tad darshanam kilam. That darshan, darshan means, uh, in Indian language, it means a philosophy, like the six darshans, six principal philosophies of ancient India, the Sankhya, Yoga, uh, Vedanta, and so forth, Vaisheshika, um, Nyaya, Karma Mimamsa, the, the, the darshan is a, the philosophy was a living kind of a thing you can understand by the word darshan it also means to see hmm? so it wasn't uh, to use a term of Prabhupada it wasn't an armchair kind of a affair hmm? 
where you sit and you just philosophize and, and so forth, but you were you were to participate in it, uh, speak about a way of life, hmm? philosophy that it was actually your way of life. Hmm? So he said this particular darshan. He says, I think it's it's uh, it's it's akilam. It's uh, you kind of wasted your time with that. It's uh, it's it's not sufficient. It's uh, it's inferior. Hmm? It's inferior. After all, and he's speaking here about the the we can say the Vedanta Sutra, Vedanta Darshan. Vyas wrote everything, and then he wrote the Vedanta Sutra, which was an attempt to show the concordance of everything that had been written, everything that had been compiled, hmm? how it all worked together, and so on and so forth. This was supposed to be like the final word. Hmm? And it begins that atato brahma jignasu, now is the time to inquire about Brahman, janma diyasayataha. Brahman is that from which every, the world comes from. And basically, Narada is saying, oh, well, that's a boring topic. That's an inferior topic. That from which the world has come from. Hmm? My interest is in another world altogether. Hmm? Hmm? Not knowing about this world in terms of where it's come from. What is its source? What is its... Uh, it's uh, who's behind, what's behind its annihilation and its sustenance. It's something about about God, about Brahman. But what God is in relation to the world is not to say much about what Krishna is. He says in the Gita that jagat. He tells Arjuna about him, himself in relation to the world in the tenth chapter. He says, anyway, what's the need of all of this? Hmm. With a spark, ekam sena. With a spark of my splendor, this whole thing's come into being. Mahavishnu is a spark of my splendor from whom the whole world has come. Hmm. It's a small thing. Hmm. Then he goes in, of course, the 11th chapter and shows himself. And, and uh, we see what a big thing he is. Hmm? In two ways, that the world is within him. And that's a small part of him, <laughs> in that he has that, he, that he's the chariot driver of Arjuna. This is a big thing. Hmm? Again, that he subordinates himself to Bhakti. Hmm? This is huge. This is the really big news about the absolute truth. The source of the world subordinates himself to to, to love. Hmm? Extraordinary. This is the big, this is the small, and the small is big kind of idea. This is the Zen idea of of, uh, of Vedanta. So he says this is an inferior idea. This Vedanta Darshan, the uh, the, the study of of of, of, of Vedanta. Hmm? You are well versed in that. This has already been mentioned, and you're not satisfied. So what is the what is the here's Nara's simple logic. What is the evidence on which I base my statement that Vedanta Darshan is in, is uh, is in of itself inferior in relation to, let's say, the, the entirety of Scripture when it, when it comes to Srimad Bhagavatam, which he's encouraging him to to to, to bring out hmm? this idea, this this reality. 
what is the proof that it's a, I mean, it's a powerful statement. I mean, it's a, it's a, like almost a blasphemous statement. Someone would say, Vedanta Darshan, Akilam. It is an inferior thing. It is a lower thing. How's it a lower thing? We've already talked about all the, the, the Dharma Jignasu, inquiry into Dharma, religious life, and so forth, how to live your human life in such a way that it has a religious color to it, bring all of your human functions in relation to God, pious life, and so forth. It's a human life colored with a godly pencil. Now we're going to go beyond that and say, beyond humanity, what you are. You're a self, you're an atma. Hmm? We'll strip you of your human dress and find that you're infinitely more beautiful than any way in which the human form could be decorated and dressed. You're a self, you're consciousness, you're not matter. However you can however you can assemble flesh and blood and so forth, <laughs> it doesn't compare to the to the to the Atma. You are the Atma. What could be more than this? And Narada is saying, that's an inferior thing. So those are very strong words. So what does he back it up with? Very simple example. He says, well, you're the evidence. You're steeped in Vedanta Darshan and you're not satisfied. <laughs> Who could be a better example than Vyas? Hmm? He put it all together. With it. it was his final work. Hmm? And he's not satisfied. Therefore, Narada says, I say, yeah, Vedanta Darshan cannot satisfy anyone. It's not. It's not. Engage, it, it doesn't. It, it doesn't constitute a, a very much glorification of of God. Hmm? God has to be glorified. The Bhagavan, uh, Sri Krishna, the, the Bhagavato Amalo, the spotless Bhagavan, repeatedly. He says in in, in the following verse that what he says that that yata uh, dharmadayas charta muni muni vrayanu kirtita you know you you you've done the dharma adya you've done that dharma adi means dharma etc dharma artha kama moksha you've gone over and over and over that hmm? in so many books you've gone over the four goals of life purushartha Hmm. Uh, ends in moksha. This is, this is just a boring thing. Over and over again, you've said this. What, to what extent, by comparison, have you glorified bhakti in no uncertain terms? Hmm? Insufficiently. You haven't. You said it here. You said it there, but you haven't repeatedly said it. And what you have said over and over again is dharma the kama moksha. You glorify these things, spoken about these things. And whatever, you know, it's a common thing that, well, if you repeat a thing enough times, people believe in it. It becomes popular if you say it enough. Hmm? Right? Even if it's not true, if an untruth is spoken enough times, then people start to believe it and, and doubt that it might not, that, it, that, it was, that it's untrue, however forcefully you want to say it, because people have been saying it over and over again. Hmm? So he says, this is what you've done. You've, this has been more or less a disservice to humanity. <laughs> All of your work. Hmm? Hmm? This is Narada, relishing bhakti. Hmm? 
and kirtan in particular, as we'll hear as the chapter goes on. This is this is chapter is an emphasis on kirtan, the the main limb of bhakti, especially in Kali Yuga. And of course, as we've heard from the scripture, this is a scripture. All these scriptures are coming out in Kali Yuga, so this is the time for kirtan, and and kirtan means repeatedly, again and again. He says, so yeah, you know, you've done this one thing. You've done you've done a kirtan for moksha. You know, you've done a kirtan for dharma. Hmm? And bhakti, kirtan is a limb of bhakti. <laughs> In other words, you you sung the glories of these other things, and uh, but but really, kirtan is a limb of bhakti, not of dharma, art, the common moksha. And you haven't done any kirtan of bhakti to, really to, to speak of. Hmm? And that kirtan should be kirtaniya sadha. Hmm? Yes, you've done the Ved- you, you've, you've, are, you've given the Vedanta. It's a great work in one sense, but again, it's it's uh, it janmadhyasyataha. Start again, he's saying. Start again with janmadhyasyataha. Hmm? Take it to another level. Janmadhyasyata means janma means birth. Adi means etc. So yasyataha from which. Tato Brahma Jignasa. Now is the time to inquire about Brahman. First sutra of Vedanta. Second sutra. Brahman is that from whom Yataha Janmadi. The world is created, Janma, etc. It is by whom it is created, etc. means maintained and annihilated. Hmm? This is this is this is Brahman, and it goes on from there. Of course, says a few more things, but but nothing like Simad Bhagavatam, which begins with the same word Janma Dhyasyataha, but it takes on, of course, a different meaning. Hmm? Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur in his commentary says, Janmadi. Hmm? Adi means like uh, it means it means Adi Rasa Adyasya Rasasya. Hmm? He says it's just an abbreviation here, just like if you say Bima, when his full name is Bima Sena. Hmm? You say Bima, you know you're referring to Bima Sena. So when he says uh, Janma, Adya, hmm? Adya here means Adyas Janma Adyasya 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 means Rasasya, and he says I support that further by the fact. That in the third verse, that's from the first verse, in the third verse, which is one of the three introductory verses of the Bhagavatam, it is said, as we've quoted earlier tonight, Pivata Bhagavatam Rasa Malayam. The book is about Rasa. Hmm? So that the, 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 the use of the term in the first verse has to correspond with what it's directly saying in the third verse. And of course, that is what the book is about. <laughs> it's all about Rasa and the Adi Rasa, Mukya Rasa. Anvayad hmm? Itarata. Anvayad-itarata means directly and indirectly. It means that Adi-rasa, this book is about is that about that from whom the Adi-rasa comes, which is characterized by directly and indirectly, by Samboga and Vipralamba, by union and separation. Radha and Krishna meet, then they're separated. Meeting and separating. And the heart grows fonder. Hmm? He said, this is what this book is about. This is now what Narada is inspiring. And you see, 
we asked to write. This is how he wrote it. Hmm? In his introductory verses, he's making it clear. I wrote this Janma Dhyasyataha in, in, in Vedanta Sutra. I'm writing again here, but I have a different idea in mind here. This is now time for Rasa Jignasu. Hmm? And who is that for? Hmm? You, the, who is Brahma Jignasu for? Those who have done Dharma Jignasu. Those who have inquired into religion and, 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 and qualified themselves religiously by studying the sacred texts and, and living a proper pious life become qualified to read further in the texts hmm? and come to the conclusion of the texts, which is about the self, about Atma, about Brahman. Hmm? So first comes inquiry about religion, then comes inquiry about Brahman. Now is coming inquiry about rasa. And who's qualified to do that? Dharma Projitakaitavutra Paramo Nirmatsaranam Satham. The Paramahamsa, this is the Paramahamsa Marg. So then we'll say, well, wait a minute, I'm not a Paramahamsa. Paramahamsa means the highest, uh, it's a Paramahamsa, the supreme swan. Excuse me, swan is said to be an essence seeker. It's, it's said that the swan can, if you give a swan a, a cup of milk and water, it can separate the milk out from the water. We'll try that sometime. <laughs> and, uh, and so to take out the es- what is the essence, hmm? extract the essence from all the texts. This is what the Goswamis did. Nana Shastra Vicharana Ikadipano Sattarama Samstapako Lokanam Mitakarano Tribhuvane Manyosharanyakaro. They compassionately shared with us. Hmm? So this is what Narada is asking Vyasa to do now. Take the essence here, it's bhakti. Let's make a book all about bhakti. This should be the final word. Where in no uncertain terms you, 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 you make this, uh, this point. Now we may say, fine, that's the Paramahamsa Sanghita, Srimad Bhagavatam, but we're not Paramahamsas. How are we qualified to uh, hear Srimad Bhagavatam? By association with the Paramahamsas, by Sadhu Sangha you become qualified. Hmm? So important then is Sarasanga. This is the Janma of Bhakti, Chaitanya Charjamitra says. Bhakti is born in Sarasanga. We're reading an argument in Madhuri Kadambani that Bhakti is independent. She's described in Bhagavatam as Ahoituki. Ahoituki means Ahetu, without cause. It's also explained to be without, without motivation. So it's a loving Krishna without any other motivation. But when we say we want to love Krishna without any other motivation, it's also saying that bhakti is independent, which is another way of translating ahoytuki. Why? Because, well, uh, if, if, if you're doing bhakti for no other reason except for bhakti, then you're doing bhakti only for bhakti. That means only bhakti gives bhakti. Hmm? So bhakti is independent. Hmm? But nonetheless, she chooses a way to come to us, and that's through the medium of, of, the, uh, of the devotee, in whose heart she has manifested. Hmm? So we say, okay, well then bhakti is not independent, but the cause of bhakti is sadhusanga. 
But we said, but sadhu sangha is p- part of bhakti. <laughs> so bhakti is independent. <laughs> she does what she likes. She is uh, a tattva. Hmm? This is the essence, really, of Krishna's surup shakti, bhakti. Hmm? So under this, the, the tatasta jiva, the tatasta is, is char- the jiva is characteristically neither here nor there, tata. Hmm? So the tatasta's identity is based on association. You say, well, let's you know, separate the separate the, the jiva out from material association, the maya shakti, and from the sarup shakti. Hmm? And what is he really? Practically nothing. <laughs> and, and it's not that there's no in Brahman no sarup shakti. It's not. It's kind of not manifest there very much. It's a quiet place. As a result, Brahman. Hmm? Some jivas go to Brahman by their wish. Hmm? Bhakti blesses them to go there. And w- what is their position there? They have practically no standing. Hmm? They have no one. They have no one to compare themselves to. <laughs> so, can you know yourself? Hmm? You don't have anything by which to compare yourself. Hmm? It's kind of a no man's land. Hmm? So the real prospect of the jiva to be its full self mm-hmm. is to be in touch with the bhakti. Mm-hmm. And all that it can be. It can be in association with bhakti. It can thrive mm-hmm. in the association of the surup shakti. This is the point. Therefore it can be all it can be. This is then this is the subject of Srimad Bhagavatam. We don't find all this coming out in in the same detail as we find in Padma Purana. There's a verse here or there in Padma Purana, like describing the how bhakti is such is 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 um, what is that verse? Padma Purana. Hmm. Uh, describing three constituents of of bhakti: Malagana, Griya. Hmm. At any rate, hmm. Bhagavatam. This is this whole. This is what it's all about. So this is the kind of thing that Nard wanted Vyasa to write about. This you'll be satisfied with if you can bring this out. And repeatedly, hmm? so from beginning to end, therefore sometimes we say, this is called Srimad Bhagavatam. It means, Sri means Radha, the Radha Bhagavatam. This is the Gaudiya idea, what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu brought out. Srimad Bhagavatam is about uh, Radha's love for Krishna from on every page. Hmm? Of course, directly and indirectly, it's speaking about it. Bhagavatam repeatedly speaks about. There are statements about bhakti. There are statements that seem to be not about bhakti, but they are, and they're even common statements. But those are just to set the scene to talk about bhakti, hmm? to give a context, to give a form, to give a shape into which that bhakti will be poured, hmm? and that we can drink out of, so to speak. Hmm? So this is what Narada wants from Vyas. This will satisfy Vyas. It makes uh, the, the Vedanta Sutra a boring thing. One time I was at the request of a devotee visiting an ashram of another Gaudiya Acharya and it was just after Aesthetic Vedanta had been published, one of my books. 
And uh, so the devotee said, can you, hey, come on in and see our Gurudev and give him a copy of your book. Hmm? Do you have a copy with you? I had a copy in my bag. So I said, okay. So we went in and, and paid respects to the Acharya. And uh, they said, the devotee said, Gurudev, uh, uh, Swami Tripari has, has published a new, a new book called Aesthetic Vedanta. Hmm? And Marsh, can you give the book? So I give him the book. And have you seen the cover of Aesthetic Vedanta? It has a little circle hole in it. And then the picture of Radha is there. And if you take the cover off, then on the book, the, the, the jacket, not the jacket, but the, the case of the book, there's a leela of, of Krishna seeing the gopis in, 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 in the uh, Gopi Gita singing his glories and this is the birth of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu actually. Hmm? Krishna seeing the measure of Radha's devotion and wanting to taste it and so forth. So anyway, he, so the Acharya looked at the book and said, she is Vedanta? Looking at the picture of Radha, she is Vedanta? What is this? She is Vedanta? So, you know, sometimes you know, you, you have to take abuse from the sadhus. <laughs> or you let, let them teach something to their disciples, you know, at your expense. Of course, he didn't understand the meaning of the word aesthetic. And aesthetic Vedanta is like saying Gurya Vedanta. It's like saying this is, it's a, it's a term actually that I came up with at the uh, close of my writing of my commentary on Tattva Sandarbha, hmm? a Vedanta of aesthetics, because the Sandarbhas are, of course, I- 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 explaining the Gaudiya Vedanta. Later, Baladeva Bidjabhushan wrote his commentary, Gubinda Basha, on the sutras, but there was no need, it was thought, previous to that. There were circumstances that gave rise to that, but Mahabharata wouldn't think there was a need for a commentary on the Vedanta Sutra because the Bhagavatam was the commentary. So Jiva Goswami wrote his Satsandarbhas, which is an extended kind of commentary on, on the Bhagavatam, in a sense. It's a stringing together, a Sandarbha, like a necklace of various verses of the Bhagavatam to show their, 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 their meaning. So, and Bhagavatam is Artoyam Brahmasutranam, among other things, Bhagavatam is Arto Yam Brahma Sutranam. That what is the Brahma Sutra, that means Vedanta Sutra, the Artha, the meaning, the significance of Vedanta Sutra, that is Srimad Bhagavatam. So what the Vedanta Sutra is kind of saying in codes in a dry way that's difficult to sort out and therefore people have different commentaries on it. Bhagavatam is bringing out. This is what Vyasa is saying. Look, he wrote these sutras. People aren't going to figure this out from what you wrote what, what you wrote there. Have you even thought about it? He's going to tell them later on, you'll see, go sit down and meditate on Krishna's pastimes. You're qualified to do that. Then write something. Hmm? What he wrote. This is the essence of where their sutras are with the farthest reach of what you could draw from there, but brought out beautifully in poetry and in so many verses and so on. So, yeah, this is a kind of Vedanta. I said, you know, I didn't say it, but I thought, yeah, she's Vedanta. <laughs> She's the farthest reach of Vedanta. This is, this is Bhakti Vedanta. Hmm? Aesthetic Vedanta. It's, in other words, it's a beautiful Vedanta. Uh, Vedanta is, is usually identified in the Western world and largely in India as well with 
Advaita Vedanta. That's not a very beautiful form of Vedanta. Hmm? It says love is an illusion. Hmm? Know and stop loving. Hmm? Or as I like to put it, love to be. Love to exist instead of exist to love. This is the difference between Gaudi Vedanta and Advaita Vedanta. We exist to love and they want to love to exist. Hmm? They have the bliss of existing forever. Hmm? We aren't even concerned about that. Hmm? Whether I exist or not makes no difference in this world. Hmm? That I can continue to go on in this world of birth and death as long as I have bhakti. Hmm? Krishna, as I like to say, is, is, is God in an existential crisis himself. Hmm? This is beautiful. This is very charming. If we go from Advaita Vedanta to other forms of Vedanta, Vishishta Dvaita, Dvaita, they become a little more beautiful. And also with Shula Dvaita and Dvaita Dvaita, which are Ragmarg Sampradayas, so somewhat more beautiful, but not as beautiful as Gaudiya Vedanta. Gaudiya. Gaudiya refers to Godadesh, Goda Mandala, Goda. It means sweet also. Hmm? So it's a sweet Vedanta. Hmm? Yes, Artoyam Brahmasutanam. This is Vedanta. <laughs> this is the essence of Vedanta, Srimad Bhagavatam. Hmm? Uh, in sweet form. So he was right in a sense. Radharani, she isn't, this is not. You're studying Vedanta? What is this? Huh? Mahaprabhu to, was told by his guru. Ishvar Puri, don't study Vedanta. Mahaprabhu took sannyas from Keshava Kashmiri, no, from Keshava Bharati, excuse me, Keshava Bharati, and then he went, sang and danced in Krishna Kirtan. And when the sannyasis, who characteristically studied Vedanta, at Banaris saw him, they said, he is a babuka. How right they were. <laughs> They had a different meaning. They said, he's a sentimentalist, dressed as a sannyasi, singing and dancing in the public. Can you imagine? A sannyasi has to sit soberly and study the Vedanta. This is a serious business. Hmm? The ephemeral world around us is just that. Things are here today and gone tomorrow. I shall not be attached to them. Hmm? <laughs> and get old like that and grumpy. Hmm? <laughs> And here he is singing and dancing in the public. Hmm? Indeed, in the Ratha Yatra festival, Mahaprabhu sang a love song. It was like picking out, you know, uh, a song off the off of the radio, a popular song off the radio, and singing it in in a temple. And people, were, what are you nuts? What are you? That was how far gone he was. He was he, he, he could hear an ordinary song and relate it to Radha and Krishna. Hmm? Uh, so he was a babuka. Babuka is a word used in Bhagavatam. Pibata Bhagavatam Rasamalaya Mahuraho Rasika Bhuvi Babuka. This is for babukas. People who have some uh, some heart, some feeling. Uh, but this is a this is a transcendental sentiment. Well reasoned. Hmm? It has a foundation of Vedanta. Hmm? It has the legs of Vedanta, but it has the smiling face of Krishna, the happy heart 
of bhakti. Hmm? So, <laughs> and interestingly enough, that acharya, his guru, named the institution that uh, uh, their institution, Gaudiya Vedanta Samiti. The, the group of Gaudiya Vedanta. So <laughs> yeah, there's a place for Radha and Vedanta. But I didn't speak up at the time. Uh, so uh, this is what what um, Vyas will become then preoccupied with under the influence of, of Narada. Hmm? Now he'll write about it in a very thoughtful way. He deeply, he was a big scholar. Nard wasn't a big scholar. You don't have to be a big scholar. Just get a vena and chant. Radhika Ramana Naomi. Nard just kind of keep it simple. Just chant and be happy. Something like that. Hmm? But Vyasa says, yeah, well, that's good. But you know, he's, he's a jnani too. He's empowered by jnana. So he's going to give us the jnana of bhakti here. <laughs> In Srimad Bhagavatam, you can take all that gyan that it took to compile all the all the scriptures and the Vedanta Sutra and turn it all on bhakti, which is the highest knowledge. Is, if you want to talk about gyan, Raja Vidya. Vidya means knowledge. Gyan in bhakti is characterized in Gita as the highest knowledge. So, so it's a book that gives us the Vedanta that underlies bhakti. That means Gaudiya Vedanta. That is a Chintya Veda Veda. Hmm? This is beautiful Vedanta, aesthetic Vedanta. Otherwise, Vedanta is not not so beautiful. It's it's it, it's it, it, it's the soul is beautiful, yes, in comparison to the world and the flesh and blood. But then, what is to, what to speak about the soul is one thing. To speak about Krishna, that is another thing. So, this is the encouragement, chastisement, really, of Nard. And, 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 and you can see, I mean, we speak like this sometimes, strongly we deprecate the path of jnana by, not, not that it doesn't have a place, we, don't, we, we realize it has its place in, in karma, but in relation to bhakti, for the sake of, um, you know, it is said in Gita, don't disturb the, the minds of the ignorant people, that's for jnanis. Don't give gyan to foolish people because they're not qualified to hear it. But you can give bhakti to anybody. That's beautiful too. Hmm? She's so high and she reaches so low. Hmm? She's so high that we shudder to think what, what the heights of bhakti that Bhagwan is conquered by her. And she extends herself so low to anybody, even unqualified people, even ignorant people. Even people like Narada, hmm? low birth, no education, hmm? and of course, then people like Vyas, big education, low birth too, but <laughs> big education. He was about to speak about bhakti and in a very, very uh, deep and uh, thoughtful way. So, any question? Yes. Raj, I just had a question about uh, Yeah. No. No, but the Goswamis cite the Padma Purana. So where they cite it, we think those verses are important. Hmm? Those sections are the most important sections. So in general, is it to the benefit or to the detriment of the Gaudiya Sadhaka to try and read them? No, we should study Srimad Bhagavatam and we should study 
the Padma Purana as much as the Goswamis have cited it. That will be useful to us. Hmm? Um, or otherwise a cursory reading of the pastimes of Krishna there and Harivamsa Purana that, that may be useful. Uh, but having the Bhagavad context, that will make them more useful. Hmm? That will give them meaning. So if you imbibe the spirit of Srimad Bhagavatam and then look at those sections, then it have more more value of this idea. What else? Yes. About what? Kapila. Kapila. The Sri Sampradaya, again, their main book is the Padma Purana. Hmm? This is their main book. Their main book is not Srimad Bhagavatam. Therefore, they have not studied Srimad Bhagavatam like um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's followers and drawn from Bhagavatam all that is there to be had. Yes, so that verse is there in Bhagavatam. So your question is, well, don't they read the verse and don't they think? Hmm? Um, they, they have... I don't know if there is a Sri Sampradaya comment. I don't think there is a Sri Sampradaya commentary on Srimad Bhagavatam. I think that the Sri Sampradaya, the Acharyas of that Sampradaya, cite Bhagavatam here and there to support their particular understanding, which Bhagavatam is generous enough to do, but whether they uh, um, uh, um, I mean, they understand it qu- quite differently than, than the Godis do. But, well, I guess you want to say that's a clear verse that says we're not interested in liberation and so forth. How they would t- interpret that verse or how they would explain that verse, I'm, I'm not sure. They might say they might say that we do bhakti for I think they could say that that we no we wouldn't want these forms of liberation without bhakti without bhakti we don't want them so if you could if you could have them without bhakti, which you can't, we wouldn't want them. So it's a way of emphasizing bhakti. Okay, that's good enough. But the Gaudias they take it a little bit um, further, and they say uh, we don't want these things without bhakti. Vinamatsevanam um, jana. Without bhakti, um, we don't want them. In fact, we don't want them. Mm-hmm. They pertain to, to, to Vaikuntha, and we don't want them at all. Because they involve taking something for our bhakti. That's the way the Godis would look at it. Hmm? Taking, I'll do bhakti to get... So I don't have this as my goal. My goal is not Vaikuntha. Characterized by Saloka, Sarasti, Samipya, Sarupya. Hmm? So I don't do bhakti for that. Hmm? Um, we do bhakti for another reason. Hmm? Only for bhakti and 
um, and with no interest in those things. So I guess the Sri Sampradaya would say, we, we wouldn't do those things um, if, uh, if, if you could, att- uh, without bhakti, but we do do bhakti for those things. Hmm? They explicitly want those things and they do bhakti for them. Now they are, they are a form of bhakti too. Samipya, to be a personal attendant of the Lord. I mean, to have a form like the Lord. They want those things. So the, I guess the Shri Sambhadapai would say, we wouldn't want those things without bhakti, but you can't have those things without bhakti, so we want those things <laughs> in relation to bhakti. We do bhakti for this, to be close to the Lord. Hmm? We do bhakti to have a form like that of the Lord. We do bhakti to be a personal attendant of the Lord, to live on the same planet as the Lord. And Gaudiya Vaishnava says, we don't do bhakti to live on the same planet as the Lord. We don't do bhakti to have a same form like that of the Lord. Uh, we don't do bhakti to be a personal attendant of the Lord. We do bhakti. Mama Janmani Janmani Ishvari Bhavatad Bhakti Rahoyitakitvi. We don't even stay in, in this world hmm? if we can just do bhakti. That's all. Hmm? We do bhakti only for Krishna's pleasure, for no other reason, only for his pleasure. Hmm? And, and Krishna is the object of our bhakti, not his form of Narayan, where these types of liberation are, are that kind of stand out. Obviously, you live on the same planet as Krishna in Goloka. Obviously, you may be a personal attendant of Krishna. That's that's there. But these are really in reference to Bhakunta. Does that help? What else? Yes. In, in reference to Bhakunta, Krishna's uh, you know Narayan, the. The opulence, the majesty of all that, that seems like such a high goal, I, I would take it to be that Sampradaya. But uh, when you look at the Gaudis, Krishna's opulence seems so simple. Mm-hmm. Therefore, they're not aspiring for any of those things. It's just so simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just want to serve him anywhere. They don't want to go to Vaikuntha. Wherever they can serve him, that's fine. Heaven or hell, doesn't make a difference. There's a nice verse like that. Shiva said it about them. Hmm? What does he say? That's the next verse after that. He says, hmm. Svarga apavarga narakeshu apitvudarta darshanam. Just see the glory of Krishna's devotees. Whether they're in heaven or hell, liberated or unliberated, doesn't make any difference to them. As long as they can serve. So, it's a little different than serving to go to Vaikuntha. Mahaprabhu would say it's some, some idea of moksha is attached to that. Some, some, there's some gyan in that. He was this is Gyan Shunya Bhakti. 
Okay, so we stop there. Grantara Srimad Bhagavatam Jai.